Hello and welcome to After the Bell Mirror Fighting's live boxing show coming to you just minutes after the final bell tonight where Josh Kelly was stopped in the sixth round by David Avenition. Obviously we'll have a full rundown of that fight and the rest of the fights on the undercard. My name is Martin Dolman, editor of Mirror Fighting, joined once again by Swindon's favourite boxing son, Declan Taylor. How about Jamie Potts? I knew you were going to say that. You know, I thought, I thought I'll go with a second, but listen, why not start at the top? <laughs> and for the first time, by former Super Featherweight World Champion, now one of boxing's most respected pundits, Barry Jones. Great to have you both tonight. Not too bad a time. It has been worse. I thought we might be, uh, you know, into Sunday morning, but thank you to David Avenation, who has ensured we start at a reasonable time. As well as being live, we are indeed interactive, so please do give us your questions, your comments, anything you'd like to ask the panel. We'll also be as a podcast on Sunday morning, so you can also listen to us. But surely seeing our faces is the best way. So let's just have a run through of the results. As I said, Josh Kelly started reasonably well, but by the sixth round, quite exhausted. Tao came in, game over. Uh, Florian Marcus stopped Ryland Charlton in the eighth round. Robbie Davis Jr. was beaten by Gabriel Valenzuela and there were victories for Jordan Gill and for Johnny Fisher on his heavyweight debut. Let's start, though, with the main event. We waited two and a bit years for it. Didn't disappoint. But it was you know, a reasonable start from Josh Kelly. Boxed well. Got a sort of strange cut on the back of his head. But then, really, once David Avenition sort of started bringing the fight to Josh Kelly, making it uncomfortable for him, he didn't seem to have any answers. No, I think he started, we sort of knew what the pattern was going to be in the fight. It was going to be Aviesi and it was going to be even pushing the pace and, and Kelly was going to be the guy, you know, manoeuvring around the outside and peppering him with jabs and combinations and that fancy footwork that, we, that we've seen so much of him. And I think it, it was sort of working for the, both of them in many ways. Uh, I think Kelly's jab was brilliant, you know, and you know, there, was, there was some jumping in the right hands. That lean back left hook was working really well for him in the early rounds and Aviesi was making them work hard, which I'm sure was their plan for the offset. They were the, When you're up against a guy who's naturally more skillful or has you know, faster hands and feet, which obviously Kelly does, then you sort of, you don't want to give those rounds away, but you sort of know that you might be in a deficit by the halfway stage. So you make that guy work as hard as you possibly do, as he can, which he did. And then he started to close the gap and there was, the worry for me with Kelly is he has the low, he has low hands and you, you have low hands because you want better movement. So you more, when your hands are high, you're more rigid. When they're a little bit lower, your shoulders are relaxed and you can get that lateral movement and, and you can sway down side to side. And also your jab's hard to read when it comes up from a different angle. But with that, your chin's exposed. And I think from early doors, it was it was evident that Aviesian could hit him with the right hand too easily. Though not clean and full enough, but obviously that was the shot that, that finished the fight by the end of it. And I think that was a worry because the more, the more tired you become, the more easy you are to hit. And, and that, that was the worry. And, and as we spoke uh, no, before we started, and you already alluded to, how quick that tank drains of, of Josh Kelly. And I think that's, no, don't want to take anything we find Aviesi on because I, I think he boxed a great fight. But 
that's a big factor that that tank just empties like literally within within sort of 30 seconds you can see the energy drain from him and then and then without that movement and with the hands low you're in trouble I think Dick, you you predicted beforehand Kelly on points, but did you did it, the fight play out as you might have expected that, that Kelly would if we elongate that fight, let's say to over twelve rounds? Is that how you thought it would go? That Kelly would start better, maybe build a lead, and then have to fight off Kelly uh, Avenition towards the end? To be honest, I was surprised at how quickly he started. I was impressed, but you know, after three or four rounds, you thought there's no way that both of these can keep up this pace, particularly not Kelly. And you noticed, I think it was in the fourth or the fifth, Kelly did something, had a little burst. And then you heard Carl Greaves say, don't let him have a breather because they obviously anticipated that he would go pop, 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 look good, have a little walk, refill his lungs. And they knew that that was the opportunity to jump on him. Um, I thought he'd start a lot slower and it would be like I put on Twitter, it would be one of those Adam Booth, Similar to similar to you know when you think of what Adam Booth did with David Hay and Nikolai Valuev, George and and James DeGale, where it was like we've got a game plan, we're going to stick within an inch of what we're going to do, and this is a strong, powerful, relentless guy. We're going to try and nick the rounds, keep something in the tank. That's what I thought they were going to do, and then he came out firing. He looked great, but it was just one of them where you thought there's no way he can maintain this, particularly when he starts getting clipped, and then when. Avanesian starts working the body. Um, I mean, it's a great performance from Avanesian. It's one of them, Carl Greaves. We spoke to Carl Greaves last week on Zoom from the hotel, and he basically predicted exact, exactly to the to the letter what what we've just seen. So they knew what they they knew what they were doing, and they they read it perfectly. And Avanesian boxed the orders, and uh, it's a great win for him, and it's a real bad night for Josh Kelly. I would say the thing about the thing about the game plans. You need the game plan, but it has to be so elastic because the other guy can do something totally different or or to react to that. Boxing is the most reactive sport you can get. So having a rigid game plan can work against you because then you run out of ideas. You know, if, you, if you're if drilling in, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do. You sort of have to do that, but you, this would be so, so lucid because otherwise, if it's too rigid and that doesn't work or you counteract that, then you'll, you have to think on your feet, but you've been drilled in for 12 weeks. This is what you have to do to win the fight. And so all game plans are great and you need them. But all this, like, you know, that game plan, you know, like the perfect game plan, there's no such thing. But if the guy reacts a different way, which can happen, and and, you know, and, it's, and it's not it's not tried and tested until until fight night, of course. It's all theoretical until you get in the ring with that opponent. So it has to, you have, and you can't have 10 game plans, but they have to be very elastic and loose. Otherwise, you run out of ideas, and once that doesn't work, you, you especially for a young fight, you have nowhere to go. And I think that's not quite what happened there. But and and as Carl Greaves got a spot on, I think it was quite not obvious, but it was clear easy, what they had to do to predict what each one, how each one would sort of win. It would be the pressure or the movement would 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 prevail, and it obviously was was the pressure. So on game plans, and let me bring in this question: Was I mean, and let's not, you know, we're not going to throw too much blame around, but was Adam Booth to blame for the tactics? It looked as if Kelly thought he was just going to walk his man down. Well, this is, this is a funny one because he says then the, the breathing was heavy. That's what I mean is that surely they didn't, Adam and, and Josh Kelly didn't expect them to be able to maintain a pace like that for that. Maybe they did, maybe they prepared for that, but we could, everyone could see that he was clearly draining. The more he was getting clipped, the more it was going down. That's what I mean. I thought that they might 
try and you know when you've got a bull of a man like Avanesi and you met you you would think keep something in the tank nick a couple of early rounds get get ahead and then use your your talent and your skill to get past that's what that's what I mean and I'm not sure who's to blame for that because it wasn't like he was getting told off in the corner it's a real really good question I I think your style is your style so you can only tailor to what you're good at. So he, he, you know, what he's good at is movement, and of course, sharp counters. So, and but the jab was working. I think that the only thing with the jab, the jab was meant to deter Aviesim from walking forward, and it didn't. And I think you probably back, they probably banked on that. Because that jab of Kelly's was a lovely shot. It was, I think it was. I, I wrote on my in my book. The jab's really sharp, and he was stepping in with it, so it was working, or it should have been working. He, he was, he was, he was doing it everything right. But it wasn't having the effect that they thought it would have, and I think that was the problem. So again, you can't blame Booth because if Abby, if Kelly would have won, he gets all the praise and Booth gets a bit of it. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think you get too trainers get too much criticism and too much praise as well. I think nowadays you know, you're only as good as your fighter. You can only enhance your fighter or mess it up for him. But and you and you, and a, a good cornerman's worth his weight in gold. But if the fighter can't do it, he just can't do it. Two. Fight stopped by the, the towel coming in tonight. Of course, there's been plenty of discussion debate in previous weeks about towels not coming in. Did, 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 I mean, it looked as if Kelly was obviously in trouble, Deck, but towel correct decision? Did it surprise you at all? Did you think he'd be given a bit more time? Yeah, when, when I first saw it, and obviously the camera angle meant that you could see Adam sort of going for it early, I thought, wow, that's quick. Why not let him take a knee? But actually looking it back on slow-mo, you think, he knows him far better than us and he knows what's 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 happened like what kelly's got left in the tank and how much these shots are taken out of him so i can't argue with that one and the same the marku one was absolutely perfectly timed um the yeah at, to be honest at first i thought well that's quick surely let him take a knee it's not like he was badly it didn't look like he was he was really really hurt but actually he was all over the place so yeah i would say both of them were, were bang on this it's always kind of nice to see isn't it well maybe look at it the other way it's really difficult to watch when you're thinking how is this trainer not pulling him out here so it's good it's good when you see that compassion from the corner I mean, we've waited two years two months for this fight how it's a long time by to sort of be be almost training for one man to get as close as, as they did they, they'd weighed in i mean that doesn't happen very often at all it's a long time to train for one man and then to lose it especially in that manner psychologically it's going to be difficult for Josh Kelly, I would imagine. It is because I think you no, know, Josh Kelly's you no, know, he's he's built on confidence. So you know, the the, the more wins, the more confident you become, the more you know, border on arrogance, if you like, you know. And, and and he's he's the one being put up as the star, and, and he's when I'm to sell the show. And again, the longer you wait, the more anticipation and the bigger build up, which obviously means there's a bigger fall. And I think it will be a, a while before he comes to terms with it. I think I think Aviation would have dealt better with it to be fair, because he's been beat before. And also, you know, it, all the pressure wasn't on him, even though he felt like he was the more experienced. So it'll take a while for Kelly, but we, he is young and he is relatively inexperienced. Well, he is inexperienced. He's obviously, obviously his 12th fight, maybe. So he's got a lot, you know, in this era now, in this generation, we, we sort of throw fighters in the bin once they get beat or they get exposed. Just because you got exposed for whatever reason, which we didn't really get exposed, just slightly, doesn't mean you're not a good fighter. It means that if you can learn from that, and adapt your game to to the, you know, fill the holes in that we're missing, what you need. And for me, I think it's a, a real core stammer issue, maybe. Then you know, we'll come back a better fighter for it. And 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 we look through history, and we've seen fighters who've come back from, from worse defeats than that, against worse opposition than that. 
and gone on to be fantastic fighters. So, you know, I did this, you got plenty of time. It's just, it's hard in the harsh reality of, of, you know, being live on TV and topping a bill and everyone expecting you to prevail in, in, you know, in superstardom style. When, when that comes crashing down, then, then, you know, it's in the public eye. It's a difficult thing to, I'm talking like out of not out of experience. I didn't experience that, but you know it's 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 going to be hard for him. But he'll adjust. He'll adjust and he'll come back a better fighter for it, or he won't. But I think I think he will. Tekken still plenty of promise there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this was always the problem with this fight, isn't it? Is that it was a massive step up, and that was why. Well, it has been suggested that was why the fight got pulled in the first place. Um, also, we forget that obviously it's been 27 months or whatever since it was supposed to happen. But actually, a whole year of that has been pandemic. Um, so it's not like he's been out building and getting better from then. Really, they've both sort of had a, they had three fights each, and then they've both had a year off. So it's not as if he's any more any really any closer to being the finished article than he was back then. Um, I still like well, like I said before on the show that I'd like him against Conor Ben. I mean, Conor Ben's got. He's, he's relentless, isn't he? And he's clearly super, super fit. So you've got those two styles there. Um, I still think, yeah, I mean, there's still loads of talent there and loads of promise. And it was just, we always knew that style-wise, this was looked like a nightmare for him. And it was like, if he can get past that and if he can prove that it's not a nightmare for him, then it's a colossal win. But it just was too much for him. We've talked a fair bit about stamina. Does Is there a part of it where... Your stamina is or looks worse or is worse if you just don't fancy it. And I'm not saying Josh Kelly didn't didn't fancy it, but if you're if you know you're struggling, and your stamina's not there, and you also don't fancy it, then the, the two kind of a bad combination. I you, you know I, I I don't think you can question his hat. I, I think I guess I'm not you're not saying that, but that's what it sort of that might seem like. But I say about well, like I don't think fighters run long like they used to because. I don't think it's good for your joints and your body. I think all the modern trainers or you know, health experts will probably tell you that. But what, what what was important about getting up at five o'clock in the morning and running? Most of us had jobs, but I mean, what was most important about it was is you don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go for a run. You don't want to run in general. You surely don't want to do it at five o'clock when it's dark and raining and cold and everyone else is in bed and when you and you got to if you're lucky you've got a beautiful partner next to you and and, and they're in bed and you've got to get up and run. <laughs> Who wants to do that? But that's a mental thing because when you're in round seven and you're blowing out your backside and, and even if you're winning a fight and I've been a winner in a fight and I've wanted to quit because I've been so tired. It, but it's a, it's a, it's something in you. You fire back. But draw it from your experiences. And if you haven't had experiences of attrition in the ring, those hard runs in the morning, force yourself to get up and do things you don't want to do. That's what I'm trying to say. You have to do things you don't want to do. To get over to be mentally strong, that when you get in a in a, in that sort of scenario where you where everything's against you, you need to draw some strength from an experience. That's the experience, unless you've had it already in the ring. Not everyone needs that. Some people are just born, you know, with that with that innate toughness. Others are not, and I don't know whether I was, but I had to run, so I didn't have to find out. Because the last place you want to find out if you have it in there or in your belly or whatever is round seven of a title fight or round eight or whatever it is, round six. So you know, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that applies to Josh Kelly, but possibly you know, and and I think that's the that's my I think these modern training techniques are fantastic for boxers, and everyone looks fantastic and they look great, and I'm sure it helps their longevity and their and their and their obviously their life when they retire. 
but you have to you, know, you have to be pushed beyond your beyond your boundaries quite often in this sport because actually when you're actually doing it for real you're almost every time pushed beyond the boundaries that you should want to go to achieve success and it's that sort of sport i'm afraid whether you like it or not that's what it is Should Josh now look to, to move up in weight? I mean, there was some discussion beforehand that he, he maybe looked, maybe he was was too big at welterweight. weight. I mean, it's right. it's always kind of the questions, isn't it? Should he move up to weight? Should he, you know, change this, change that? But, you know, the question will be asked. He looked massive. Um, that's no bad thing, but um, like the first couple of rounds, I thought this looks, he looks colossal here and this is going to be great for him. But maybe it's not. It's hard to say, isn't it? He looked amazing in the pictures. He obviously made weight. Um it's a, t- it's a tough one because it's a good division to be in, isn't it? Um, and if you can do it, if you can do it properly, then he should stay there. The, what I would say is that he's had a long enough at it. He's moved. He moved into his flat around the corner from the gym in September. So you know it's been a long camp. If he couldn't do it for this one, then like like appropriately and feel a million dollars, you know, going into the ring, then it ain't going to happen for him going forward he's not gonna have a run like this so i would say i don't know i think i still like him as a world weight I, I don't see it as being a problem if you have to like really boil down to make it if you're strong at the weight and he did look strong but it's what barry said there it's about really the stamp stamina and is that down to being in a weight class too low i'm not sure it may be not it might not be it's not necessarily about how much weight you had to take off could be something else but if he can do it then that's the division for him because you, he hasn't even got to leave Britain and he's going to make mega money over the next three or four years. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's always the first thing to look at, isn't it? When someone loses, you always go, well, he'd probably check, go up one like with Callum Smith and everything else. But I don't think that's the situation here. I think he looked good. He looked amazing in build-up. He looked great on the scales, all things considered. Yeah, I'd still say if he can do well away, he should be there. I think his problem will be as well that I think he's stuck there because he's a big welterweight. If he moves it to like middleweight, he's not so big. Yeah. And also with that with that with that shoulder roll star, that low left hand, like middleweights now, and all of a sudden five foot eleven, six foot, and and that that low left hand is perfect for a fighter. With you see, Mayweather never really boxed a lot of guys who were taller than him because that turn, that shoulder turn, you can get the right hand over the top. But if you're shorter, that right hand's got to go up here. So he stick the elbow out, and he would stop you from. Throwing that, that you you go you go up the line and you would stop that. So Kelly tries to do that and it works quite often. But the taller guy will just come over your shoulder, and that's the and that's the, the problem you'll have. I'm not saying he can't be successful at that weight, but it makes it a bit a bit more difficult. So I think if he can, he might just be one of those guys who's going to be a big welter. He's always going to struggle to make the weight, but you know it's better than the alternative of boxing bigger, taller guys who you know means he'll have to adapt his style again slightly. But listen, he's a, young, he's a young kid. I must say as well, we I spoke to him last week and uh, on the Wednesday or something like that. And, you know, often by that point in a fight week, boxers are very snippy. They don't want to talk. They're rubbish and they look awful. Um, and they're looking for a way out and they're giving you one word answers. That wasn't him at all. He looked very healthy, fresh. He was lucid. He was chatting. He was relaxed. So I don't think it's one of them where the whole of the last week he was killing himself just to try and battle to make that weight. I didn't feel like that. I didn't sense that. I think, like Barry said, there's something else with the fitness. I don't think it's it's, a, it's the cut. A couple more, more questions here. Uh, we touched on the towel, but the, the cut was really 
strange. I, I mean, I'm assuming it was a clash of heads, but it wasn't a cut that obviously stopped him seeing or anything, but it was a lot of blood. Um, you know, does, does losing that much blood affect a fighter? I don't think the loss of blood, but you can panic when you because when you get cut, and it was a it was a clash of heads. I think Abiasun came in, you know, and caught him, but and intentionally, but that's what happened. I, I, you can panic because you don't know if it's cut. All you feel is a pump, so that that's the same feelings when you get a welt, a swelling. So you're not sure what it is. So it can make you uncomfortable because you start to think, I need to protect that. Plus, you got to cut in the back of his head, which again, he's not worried about that. You no. Know, too much the pain wise, but you do panic about was that going to be an issue? So it just takes your thought process. It can change change your thought process slightly and take you off offline of your of your of your plan or your idea of what you want to do. So it can affect you a little bit. Not every fighter you have to learn to adapt. And the, you know, obviously, again, the more experience you have, the more the easier it becomes when those things happen. But it can affect other fighters more. Certain fighters more than others. And I don't think that was a massive factor of the fight, but it might have affected him. I think ultimately the fact of the fight was is it is tank just went right down because Aviesium was putting so much pressure on him. That was it. That was all it was. And you, know, you have to you have to give you have to give his opponent all the all the credit for that. He did his job well, ultimately, at the end of the day, better than Kelly did his. Mm. If if Kelly hadn't got cut on the back of the head or the eye, I still think that we would have had that same finish. So if you look at the pattern of the fight, you would probably say yeah, maybe they did seem to go in, you know, they were at the same sort of time as he, the cuts came and he faded. But I would say even if he wasn't cut at all, that was coming. I would say, though, panic. When you panic, and people, Golovkin does it with the feet, they make you panic. When you panic, it really messes up your breathing. You're breathing because of rattling, because you're, you know, it's all, and that can, that can help with, with, the, with the loss of energy. I'm not saying that's what happened, but that can help. So all these things have a factor, but I, I agree with Declan. Ultimately, I think the fight was going to go the way it went, regardless of, of, of the blood. Second weekend in a row, of course, Eddie Hearn's house fighter stopped. Um, a shocking few weeks, one may say. Is it a concern that his talent pool is, feel, is struggling to deliver? Well, first thing I'll say on that before we get on to that, the talent pool, is that Carl Grease told us last week that Avanessian's actually a matchroom fighter now. Um, they signed him up, so... Sweet, happy Spot days. Yeah. It's got options on there as well. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry for Eddie tonight. <laughs> but it's a good oh, question, though. About... That's a good one on the talent pool. I don't know what you would say about that, Barry, but um, we've been saying that a long time. If you take Joshua out of the equation at Matchroom, it's not that it's a bad stable or anything, but it, you know, it's a lot of guys who are trying to establish themselves as as superstars. Not anyone really there. Yeah, of course, and. It's ticket sellers, isn't it? That's what you, you need ticket sellers and you need TV stars. I think that's that's so they're always looking for the next one. But again, you know, I think the problem now with especially TV companies, they want that that 21 and 0, 24 and 0, 35 and 0. That O is is everything because that that paints a picture of this invincibility superstar that we have where it doesn't need to be that way. But that's how the sports become now. And Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren as well, they've all been they've all played their part in in selling that. That, that idea whereas before that wasn't as important but that's what where we are so it is a I don't think it's a massive concern because you no know, one domino falls and there's another one in its place and that's and, and Eddie Hearn who's you know one of the best talkers in the business let's be honest will just build up another fighter he has Conor Ben there look at the Conor Ben so it's better than any so that there is a pay-per-view star there and you know, the Josh Kelly and Ben fight was going to be pay-per-view like 
two novices, relatively. I know Kelly would have been European champion, but still, in how many fights they've had. And that would have been a pay-per-view fight, and it would have sold. And it would have done really well on the back of the Ben fight and Eddie Hearn and you know they were the, and Josh Kelly of course as well with the, with his good looks and now that's gone out the window. But Kelly, but Ben will fight. So they'll, they'll run with Nigel Ben now. Uh, Nigel Ben, maybe, maybe Nigel Ben. They'll run with Connor Ben, and, and then and then while they're running with him, they'll be, be someone else around the corner. Josh Warren will come back and he'll sell leads, and and that'll be that hiccup, and it'll be a great comeback story like they did with with Anthony Joshua, and so you know. The house, like I said, joking on, but the house never loses, so they'll just mm. they'll redesign their idea of, of 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 how to build a star, and they'll come back, and they'll be and they'll be the year a year of the comebacks rather than the year of the undefeated superstars. Yeah, and what I would say on that as well, if you think about, okay, in Britain maybe he hasn't got all the names anymore, but he's got so much going on, so many fighters in America, you know, he's so busy that I think it gets to a point with these guys where. He looks at someone like Josh Kelly and he's like, Well, I need to find I need it needs to be sink or swim now. I can't get him to 20 and 0, 25 and 0, and then and then have a t- it's like, right, who's who are the like who's my man here? Like, right, can can he be the one? Who can he be? How can we move him quickly? And when that happens, when you have to do that, that's when you get defeats. Um I mean they they tried to fight Abanessi two and a half years ago, it's mad. So like I don't yeah, I th- I think it was they wanted to see if he'd sink or swim, basically. Um, I, think, I think another thing, sorry, because like no, I think I feel like it's my podcast now, not nothing to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing as well that it depends where Eddie Hearn goes with this zone and Sky stuff, because if he stays with Sky, you know, it's all geared around because it's a it's mainly a you no know, UK broadcaster about UK talent. But if he goes to zone, even though be, there'd be UK subscribers and he has to build that talent. But it's a global uh, uh, broadcaster, so they'll they'll just want the best fights. So it might be easier for him if he goes that way. I don't know. I'm not trying to not just going to listen to me. But you know, I think it, he's more his, his bigger concern that was just building a star. Not it doesn't matter where he comes from. Uh, geographically, it won't matter as long as he's in one of the regions where the zone is. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I don't know. You know, or they do like a contender series of their own. There's USA boxing Mexico because. GB don't want to box Mexico ever again. So it'll be that it'll be that sort of scenario. You know, that I think that's that's I think that'll be where he goes will be how he has to you know maybe change the way he promotes. And we shouldn't forget David Abnusi in, in all of this, of course. A fight with you know, of course, Conor Ben, Josh Kelly now out of the out of the window, at least for now. And if you're saying deck that Abnusian sensibly signed up by matchroom, if Conor Ben comes through against Samuel Vargas in what, six weeks or so. No reason why that fight can't be made. A cracking fight. It would be great. I'd be surprised if they made it. Even having said that, you know, they're, they're chucking people in to see if they sink or swim, I'd be surprised if they chucked them in. But the, the, obviously the beauty of this is that everyone's just watched him now beat Josh Kelly on Sky main event. So they know him. So now it's like people actually, there's a clamour for that. But I've still, I still keep going on. There's Chris Congo. You know, there's so many people in Britain that you can fight. And and Conor Ben still, like, like Barry says, is a novice, you know, 20 amateur fights and whatever, you know, he's not ready. If you look in America, obviously they've got the champions, they've got Sean Porter, they've got all those guys knocking about, you've got Virgil Ortiz, who's like the sort of, in that position, the same position as Conor Ben is, you know, I feel like there's some learning to do there. And I'm sure Eddie would, Eddie Hearn would agree with that. And Conor obviously does, he always says it. Um, I'd be surprised if, if, 
you know, he beats Sammy Vargas, they make the Avenissian fight next. But maybe they do. Maybe it's like, we need a pay-per-view fight. We need a name. We need someone to chuck him in with. I mean, it would be, can you imagine that? When you talk about action fights, that would be a proper action fight, wouldn't it? And where do they go with him? That's the thing with Ben. Where will they go? They got Avenissian there. Obviously, they got him because, you know, it maybe you no. Know, if that, that fight was relatively close and he wins, Kelly goes again. Will they want to put Kelly in with him? Will Adam Booth want to put him? They, I'm not saying he won't put him back in with him, but it won't be immediately. He'll want to cut them more fights, I think, or at least one more fight if they fancy going it again, if they fancy it at all. So where do they? What do they do with this European champion now? Because he's signed him up realistically to get him beat. That's how it works. One of your guys who's more marketable, more sellable. You wanted to get so that's Conor Ben. So you think he would have to do that because where mm. once once Conor Ben beats Samuel Vargas, where does he go? Because he sees himself as world level because Vargas is sort of fringe that. So he want so he want a title of some sort. He's not ready for world championship level. But to be fair, he's the one of the most one of the most if not the most in, improved fighters in the last sort of eighteen months. Conor Ben, to his credit, or two years because eight a year of it nothing's happened. But you know, but you no, know, he's he's massively improved, but he's still way off that level. You would feel. So I think they'd have to chuck him in. Otherwise, you've just signed up a guy for nothing, really. In the same division, and one man who wants to fight Conor Ben, but probably going to have to wait. Florian Marku looked much better tonight than he did uh, back in December. Stopped Ryland Charlton. Well, again, the title came in in the eighth round. Plain sailing for, for, what, five rounds? And then was suddenly dropped. But he just looked much far more, should we say, far more composed, picked his shots very well. Uh, certainly, maybe the, the last outing, just a little bit of a blip. I think he was more versatile than I gave him credit for. Like, I've seen him a few times, and, and Marku, I mean, before, before we'd seen him on Sky, and and he just looked like, he was just doing what was working for him. He was walking through people. He's not a devastating puncher, but he's heavy-handed. And he hasn't got the fastest hands, but his speed's pretty good. But he's rigid. So he's walking through. So I thought, especially after the Stewart fight, which I thought he won, but it's, even though I thought he won, I still thought he looked really bad and re- and quite you no know, root one. But he moved well against against uh, Ryland. I thought he moved against Charlton. He, he moved really well and using the jab well, and he showed some good um, adaptability in his game. But he let him off the hook. I think it was the fifth round. He had him all over the place and let him off the hook with all that talking and joking round. And then the sixth round, he was in trouble himself. And you thought. As he made a mistake, as he was gassing, because he's all he's all upper body heavy, isn't he? You can see it clearly. And I wonder whether he, he might be another one with the training where they do all the weights and look fantastic and they're so superbly strong. But that endurance fitness is not quite there, and that that'll be the worry. But to be fair, he, you know, Charlton was is is tough and durable, and you know, and but he was well. He always felt like one big shot was going to cause a bit of a problem, and I think the corner were. Was spot on. They knew their fighter. They gave more every more probably more of an opportunity than they should have. And I think the tile was 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 sort of like second perfect. Charlton, of course, one of the big beneficiaries uh, last year of, of basically getting a a short notice fight. Lack of opponents came in, upset Joe Laws. Perhaps he, he looked quite small compared to to, to Marky. Perhaps now come down a division deck. Talking about yeah, weight again, look- but. I mean, he was clearly he was clearly the smaller man, wasn't he? And um, yeah, it's funny because he was one of these people who's clearly good, but would never got an opportunity because he doesn't sell any tickets. And then we happen to be now in this weird era where 
ticket selling is no longer really a currency for the next however long or for the, for this 18 month period whatever it turns out to be and then these guys get an opportunity and he obviously beat up joe laws who's a big ticket seller um who was caught cold and then it was just one of those that was thrown together and did look a bit small i think with marku he a former like kickboxing world champion so you're talking like an elite sportsman and then he comes into boxing and he's sort of back at the bottom level again I just don't think he was switched on. I'm like Barry. I saw him at, um, at the, that little place in the O2 on a on a card. I can't remember. Maybe it was an ultimate boxer card or something. And he really looked lacklustre. And I was expecting a lot because you know because of his background in other combat sports um, and his following. Um, and then the same thing happened on the Joshua undercard where he just did. He was just lacklustre. It was like he wasn't switched on. Then he gets someone who people are picking against him, and finally there's a bit of needle, and he just switches on, and he's. He, he maybe he's, he's got that, you know, he's clearly got some ability there, um, power and very strong. I think he just totally lost concentration and got and got clipped. And but then he still managed to, you know, get it back. I, at that point, I was a little bit worried, but I think Charlton had just had too much damage. And yeah, I feel like maybe he's a bit small for that division. Um, it's fun. I think Marku's going to be fun though, because I mean, especially when the crowds are back. Um, Who's to set up? What is he now? Seven and zero or something like that? Eight and zero? Yeah. Again, that division is packed. Yeah, that division's packed. These great addition. I think Charlton, if he can, if he can get down one, if he could do ten stone, um, which is clearly his best weight, then yeah, he. It's great for him. He lost tonight, but the courage and the bravery. People, people seem to like him as well, and he's yeah, he's done. He's done the business. He's signed up, isn't he? And he works in a care home as well. I mean, you know. Is he a chef? Yeah, he is indeed. Yeah, I mean, listen, Marcus not going to fight Conor Ben next. We kind of know that, but you know, it's not—it's not a fight that we can, should dismiss completely from the future. Any interest? Well, I think that the, oh, actually, I think Ben. I think he's way past that now. That's the thing with if it's on Mark. I think you think he's way past that, and unless. And I don't, they won't generate the money for that. That's the thing. I think Marco's got to fight. You no, know, Ryland Charlton, Charlton was a, you know for that for their level similar was it was a good test for him, especially with the Joe Laws. But he's got to beat someone of British title contention. I think to get anywhere near near Conor Ben, I think I really think that there's enough for Chris Congos, you know, you know Clay, someone like that. If 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 uh, well, yeah, Luther Clay would be a good win for him. But again, I still think you think. You don't put Luther Clay with Conor Ben. I'm not saying they're massively different in abilities, but I mean Conor Ben's such a big name now that he doesn't need to box Marku unless Marku uh, Marku gets a big, a big. You got a big following, an Albanian following, apparently on social media. So I've heard. So, but if he gets a mar- a decent a domestic marquee name at best, then then they can sell the fight. But apart from that, Conor Ben's looking for. You know, he beat a guy on around European level, and you know, and he's, he might and he might be fighting for the European title next. Who knows? After Vargas, awesome. Just touch on, well, certainly one other fight. Robbie Davis Jr. beaten on points by Gabriel Valenzuela. I think, well, the, the, the interesting thing for me in this fight was the sort of interaction in the corner. So he fought Southpaw. I can't remember if it was the third round um, or after the third round, but he had this conversation with Dominic Ingo where he was whispering in his ear. The, the sky cameras... They almost caught it, but couldn't quite make it out. But it seemed like he just wasn't comfortable. He wasn't happy. And I'm not sure Dominic King actually ever heard him properly say what he wanted to say. But 
then later on he said, I don't want to say something about it. I don't want to keep fighting Southpaw. And Dominic was like, no, 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 stick to it. So first of all, Barry, should he have been fighting Southpaw? And secondly, what do you do when you, you feel like something's wrong, you want to change it, but your corner saying saying no? Well, Dominic Ingles is a good, you know, obviously, really experienced. He's a good cornerman, and you know, you're only going to go back to how good he was. Forget about the other champions, how good he was with Billy Joe Saunders doing David Lemu. Oh, he kept Billy really calm. But your corner is if you haven't got trust in your cornerman, then you're with the wrong guy. That's if that's the case, you know, that you have to try. And it's not so you can't have an interaction, but you know, this, but if the fighter doesn't want to do something, really doesn't want to do it, then you shouldn't force him to do that either, even if you think that's the right thing. That's the worry. And against the he was getting caught with right hands so easy. And being a southpaw, when you go southpaw, obviously if the if if the if the guy who's orthodox gets his foot on the outside, then that right hand's a punch you that, that's gonna be the easiest one to, to be caught with. So and he was. So that that was maybe an issue there. And also when you're not comfortable doing that way, then you then you're not you're not happy with yourself, you're not confident in your work. So that means everything's a little bit more laboured and you're snatching at your shots, it affects you. So you have to be comfortable so the, yeah there's a real problem there but i don't think that was the reason why he got beat the reason he got beat was he doesn't move his head he just doesn't move his head and he, and, and also i noticed with and i have noticed it before with robbie davis that he was walking forward heel toe which is terrible for your balance because if you get caught on your heel you get knocked back and you've seen him a few times getting knocked back you've got to be on the balls of your feet all the time or flat-footed the best you don't go on your heels why would you want to do that your balance is off is that is that something you've noticed in Previous fights were just tonight. Yeah. I haven't, but I haven't looked for it. But I haven't noticed yeah. it. I just, at that time, he was coming forward. He, he, was, he was stepping that front foot was on the heel first, and yeah, and and I, that that's something that you, that you from the amateurs should be really pushed out to you straight away, and and it wasn't because you need to be in your, you need to be on the balls of your feet because you can slide in quick. Also, you know, you're engaged. You're engaging your muscles, and because you're, you're crouching down a bit, so you can jump out the distance. You can pivot. And you can you can go down and generally power to be your shots. You no, know, you need to be like that. And also your balance will be a lot better. So everything about that, going with your heel toe, is totally wrong. But his head movement, the reason he got beat, ultimately he took too many shots because his head doesn't move after he throws the punch. And that, that was the that was a massive thing. With that hair as well, his head looks huge. So it's a massive target as it is. You haven't got a pee head like I have, but you've got to keep every time you throw a punch, you should move your head. All the time, and that's very important. And I think that's the biggest lesson that you should have learned from tonight. Thankfully, we did at least avoid another scorecard controversy. I think everybody <laughs> was in agreement that you know one or two rounds, but you still, I mean, you almost wonder if the judges were even saying it on the commentary like that. No, just nobody knows anymore. It's mad. I, I the thing is, he's only been sorry, no, go on, no, please. No, no, I was, I was just going to say, he's only been with Dominic Ingle. I think this was their first fight together. And, and of course, the Ingle gym, there, there is this renowned style, but it's, it's not for everyone, right, surely? Especially if, if you're coming to it later in your career. It, it must be difficult to, to try and adapt. It, it must, but I don't think there is... I think they're more um, orthodox than they have been for a very long time, I think. I don't think I don't think Dom's the same as Brendan. I, I think... You know, yeah, look at Kel Brook. Kel Brook has his hands up. Exactly, they're not all like Nasley and Harold Graham and, and even Johnny. You know, I think they were the last ones who were really, you know, loose and hands by their by their ankles and stuff. But that switch hitting was something that they always because they got that circle in, in the gym that they use. That switch hitting is always something that sets them apart. But either way, you have to you know 
that's down to the fighter. You have to. It's, it's hard to leave a trainer, of course, but you have to be comfortable with him. You have to trust him, or don't, or don't trust him. You don't trust him. It doesn't mean he's a bad trainer. It just means he's not suited for you. But you have to find someone who is. So being a great trainer is great, which Dom clearly is. I think a fantastic trainer, but not for everyone. That's the truth. You know, it's just not for everyone. You have to find. You no, know, having a rapport is almost important as the, as the knowledge. Almost as important as the knowledge. And also, a good trainer doesn't necessarily make a good cornerman. That's they are not always exclusive for the uh, a partnership. So some some people are great in the gym and useless in the corner. And so, and Dom's good in both. So I just think maybe they're not right fit. If they're arguing in the corner, one's not comfortable doing stuff, the other one's trying to force him to do it because he thinks it's right. That's maybe not. They maybe they're not the right fit. That's I guess I could have said that really quickly, couldn't I? They're not. I don't think they're the right fit. <laughs> Why is he telling you two words when you can say it in 25? Absolutely. I think we mentioned earlier about you know learning from a defeat and Jordan Gill, who, who does have a defeat to his name, albeit you know he, he was ill beforehand, but you know doesn't necessarily use that as, as an excuse, but has rebuilt well and looked good tonight. To be fair, obviously the heavyweight fight debut, so we can sort of put that to one side. But the other four, all very close fights, all very good fights, and, and a good performance from Jordan. I thought he was really good. He um he was uh, he had a couple of sticky moments, didn't he? Um I think it was the end of the fifth where he started well and then that Juarez is a good good opponent. And Jordan had COVID as well. Um so I'm pretty sure it knocked him for six as well. You know, some people get it and it doesn't matter. But he, he I think it was affected by it. So, you know, it was interesting to see it's interesting to see how all athletes respond to, particularly boxers, but um a couple of sticky moments. I thought he boxed really well, particularly and I really, was really impressed with Dave Caldwell's because obviously you can hear everything now, like throughout the round, everything he's saying. And Jordan's literally doing exactly what he tells him. And I was really impressed by that whole dynamic, you know, in total contrast to what we've just spoken about with Robbie Davis Jr. Like it was the total opposite. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. He's lost. I believe that was probably a harder fight. And he had more, far more pressure in that fight than he did even in the one that he lost in, in terms of heavy pressure from Juarez. Um, yeah, really, really impressed by him. I think for me, he's in a gener. I said this before, and I'll say it again. In a generation of everyone trying to overcomplicate stuff, I mean, everyone from pundits to trainers to boxers trying to make this sport of ours so scientific that you know you have to be some sort of you know, professor to be able to do it. And it's a very simple sport, really. And Jordan Gill is an example of that. Yeah, he had in the fight camp, won the fight on the jab and on using his legs. And again tonight, it's the, he does the basics very, very well. Only the basics. He barely does more than that. But he, he looks so impressive in doing it. And he's not the biggest puncher. So he's gonna always going to have problems in fights where people are going to walk into him. And he's always going to have little... But that's, you are what you are. But what he does is keep his shape and uses that jab really well. And as soon as that back rope hits his leg, he pivots and gets back in the centre of the ring. And that they're things that you learn from an early age, but you forget because you do all the other complicated stuff that looks flash and great. And it looks great when it, look, it works. But you get knocked up when it doesn't. And he keeps his shape and does everything right and correct. So he does the basics. And and quite often, and especially in the fight camp, and even tonight, was, was one of the best performances because of that. And one of boxing's great hairstyles now. He's just he's just gone with this COVID look and just run with it. I've been calling him Wilfredo Gilmez. <laughs> no, but no, one, no one's taken to it. And I'm getting it. I keep writing that's it down. Why, that's, why we, that's why we signed him. That's why we signed him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just one what? very final note, which you should mention Johnny Fisher since he was the only other fight. Looks like another heavyweight, sort of accelerated, having not had a huge amateur career, but, but looked, for all the time he was in the ring, looked reasonably clever. Yeah, I think with, with, with heavyweights, you know, you can, you can fit... It, it, promoting, a heavy, promoting a boxer in any other weight than a heavyweight is almost like a different sport. So you can feed a heavyweight a load of people you can bass over. That's just, and I think they should do that. Because of your lack of amateur experience, I would do that. I, I you know, really, I would just feed him a load of people, make him look good, build his confidence whilst he's learning in the gym. Because the problem with the heavyweight, you put him in a decent test too early, they get knocked out. They don't get beat. Or they don't get stopped. They get knocked out and hurt. So I think you know, it's, it's about taking your time. He looked really good. To be fair, and when 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 he when he had the guy hurt, he really went for it. So all that's good, and it makes him exciting. But you know, it's so early days. So and I, and I, again, you know, Eddie won't care who he's fighting or or you know how rubbish the guy is. It'll be about just getting him. You see him. You see this kid blasting people out and that because all you remember, you don't remember all the other stuff. Just in heavyweight boxing in general, you forget about the the nine rounds of holding on and kissing and hugging. You just remember the big right hand to knock the guy out. And then you rave about it. So I think that's they'll build him slowly, you know. And then we'll we won't we won't see what he's made of for another 18 months to two years minimum. So but it but it'll be entertaining to watch him. I think he's gonna be with us a kid who's, who you can just see that maybe he has that in his in his in his makeup that once he hits you, he's he's gonna forget all everything he's learned and just wanna rip your head off. And for us, for the trainer, it's a nightmare, but for us it's it's exciting. For sure. Well, another good night of boxing in the books. Of course, next weekend, we should have had Carl Frampton against Jamal Herring. We don't, but we do have Canelo Alvarez against Anvi Yildirim. That one, of course, 5am. We're not going to ask Barry or Declan to, to come on just after that, but we will be back at around probably 10am on Sunday to have a look back at that one. Again, of course, questions always welcome. Thank you to Barry. I mean, as flawless a debut as you would expect, Declan. <laughs> always, always reliable. Are we going uh, to do? Are we, gonna do um, are we taking this show on the road to go to Gibraltar? By the way, are we are we packing our bags and getting out there. If you're paying, <laughs> that's a bit of a curveball that one. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, of course, Dylan White should be two weeks time. But no, I mean, to be fair, it's the first fight for a long time I can remember that has a name. Was it Rock? No, hang on. Rumble on the Rock, something like that. That's the one, yeah. Rock. I thought they'd done away with the one. Rock. And it's, it, and it's an intriguing one, isn't it? Yeah. Very much so. Potentially the same night as Frampton's rescheduled one, unfortunately, but we'll see if they can they can sort that out. March 27th, Dylan White, Alexander Pekin. So, as I said, thank you guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>